on today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win against the Wizards. They break a curse and go on a run in the fourth. How did they get it done? And, oh, my God, why did they look so bad? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You're locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show. Make it Locked On Mavs your first listen today. The best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let me know in the comment section what's one thing that stood out to you in this Mavs win against the Wizards. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use that code LockedOnNBA. Make sure it's all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. And we let it ride. Even in gross wins. <laughs> hey, no ugly wins at this point in the season. Joining me, as always, on a postgame, the postgame prodigy. What you got for me? Slightly biased. We continue this roller coaster, this Dallas Mavericks <laughs> roller coaster. <sighs> oh, the Mavericks. They're an unserious basketball team for three quarters, three and a half quarters, and then they come out and do what good teams do. They just close out a team. And so we'll talk about how they did that. We'll talk about Daniel Gafford, who's still getting boards. Like, yeah. even back in the locker room, he's probably, like, grabbing rebounds, <laughs> doing all kinds of stuff, like, everything. He was awesome. He's a monster. We'll talk about him. But let's start here slightly. The Dallas Mavericks get the win. They were awful. <laughs> like yeah. Literally three and a half quarter. I mean, just awful basketball. 26 points, 25 points, 27 points in the first three frames against you. I, I saw you tweet this. One of the worst defenses in NBA history in the Washington yeah. Wizards. Why could the Mavericks not score? I mean, one – Really, some I get because I was thinking about this during the game. You just get so frustrated with the team's not doing well and the offense isn't isn't churning out points like you're used to. And you're like, man, this team is so frustrating. And then you just look at the three point numbers, and then sometimes you just gotta realize, well, these nights still do kind are. of happen. <laughs> these nights they do still happen. Are what they are, where they just couldn't hit threes, and uh, that was really hurting them. But they also had, I want to say, 12, 13 turnovers in the first half alone. Yeah, and fifteen turnovers through the third quarter. And to their credit, they cleaned that up majorly in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But it was really frustrating. And it's something that – I the, the Wizards are the fastest-paced team in the league, and the Mavericks have made a concerted effort to improve their pace. Uh, I think they, they showed during the broadcast their sixth in pace so far this season, which is, I mean, a huge, huge shift in where the Mavericks usually are in the Luka era. And it's games like these where it's like, you know, it's okay to slow down and dictate the pace yourself offensively. If you're trying to you run with do. this Wizards team – that they just can't keep up with you in the half court. They're just not. And if the Wizards have like a red-hot shooting night and they end up beating you, okay, so what? But you can't let this team do – the only way this team can really beat you is if they get out and run and force you to play this game where you're constantly sprinting up and down the floor and they take advantage of mistakes, which is what was happening early in the game. And it felt like in the fourth quarter they did a much better job of running when the situation was there but also just slowing the pace down to a, a pace that made sense for this Mavs team. 
Yeah, and then you get the run in the fourth quarter. So the 8-minute and 23-second mark, the Mavs challenged a bad out-of-bounds play. I knew it right away. As soon as I saw it, I said they're not going to get this, even from my seat, which is really far away. Uh, unsuccessful. They sub Luka back in. The Mavs were down 86-95, so down nine points right there with about 8.23 left. They go on an 8-0 run right after that when it was exactly what you just said. They slowed it down a little bit. They went into their half-court offense. Hardy got two threes out of, you know, kickouts from Luka. Luka got doubled basically every single play of this entire game. The first two plays of the game were Luka getting doubled and then him kicking to Gafford, and that's why he got a bunch of boards. We'll talk about him. But that run in the fourth quarter really kick-started it, and it's what good teams do. It's what good it's what stars do, right? They You need to get going. Luca hadn't really been shooting the ball well. He gets a tough shot. He kicks out and finds Hardy for two open threes. And all of a sudden, you're like, all right, here we go. We're back into this. And it ends up being an 11-1 run to take the lead back. It was just a, a much-needed run. And, like, it is good to see them. As much as it's frustrating, the stuff we talked about earlier, that they couldn't get going, Like for them to just close a game out like this was really good to see. Uh, this is what good teams do. Is Even in games where they, it just looks like it's not. Do you think this team wins this game a week ago? Maybe. I mean, they, yeah, they could. I'd be shocked. I, I think we'd be coming out here and say, my God, that was the most improbable win. Maybe <laughs> in the Mavs era, maybe in the Mavs franchise I mean, history. PJ closed, and PJ got one real good tough bucket late that they that they really needed. 225 left. He he hits like a real tough bucket with contact at the rim to make it 108 to 102. But, like, you could put Derek Jones Jr. in his spot, and I feel like it's the same kind of closing lineup because it was Luka, Kyrie, Josh Green, Maxi. He went with Maxi instead of Gafford. We'll talk about that too. But no way. I, I think they. I think they could have. Cl- I think they could have. I think they could have closed it out a week ago. I love what Derek Jones Jr. brings to the table for his contract. He's been great. He plays so incredibly hard. I have nothing but respect for him. Absolutely no chance they win this game with with, with uh, him in the closing lineup. I just don't think it would have changed that much. But Gafford had like three or four possessions where he attacks a closeout and attacks the rim and finishes or dumps it off or went to the free throw line. And I guess, I guess Derek Jones Jr. has done that, but it was under control in a way that I was like, okay, all right, I see it. And that, cl- and that well, closing it- group with – I mean, another reason why I, I say even a week ago is Maxie's just been uh, trending He's upwards been really in such an incredible way, especially defensively, that, that he closing got, he got group a- defensively. Maxie got a Nikias Duncan tweet today, and that's a, that's yeah, a, really, big, yeah. that's a really big thing. Nikias How about Duncan, that? Shout, out to, shout out to him from the dunker spot. Uh he uh, yeah he t- just tweeted about how Maxi's been trending up. He's like, there all the attention was on Gafford and PJ, but look at Maxi's off. He mentioned his offense. He didn't even mention his defense, which I thought was interesting. But yeah, so Maxi got a nice shout out there. But like, whether they could or not have closed it out, I, it's good that they, it's good that they did, and it was good to see PJ in that closing lineup too, to see where he can fit, to see how his defense his defense has, has impressed me. Yeah, he was really these, good tonight. These first two games, like his ability to move his feet, his length, like he can, he just changes. He changes the game a little bit for the Mavericks, and that's just what they desperately need. He's definitely better than Derrick Jones Jr. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I think they still could have closed this game out a week ago with Derrick Jones Jr. in his spot, or you know, Grant whoever Williams. else. Maybe not Tim in his spot because oof. Grant. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm playing for the name on the front of my back instead <laughs> of the back of my back. So not the Grant. front of my nope. back. Nope. Not Grant. I don't. I honestly <laughs> want to say I don't think that was a shot at the Mavs. You don't think the so the Grant Williams quote was after their his first game with the Hornets. He had the quote that said, "You know, it's nice that everybody you know, like everybody gets involved. Everybody's for each other. We're playing for the name on the front of our jersey instead of the back of our jersey." And now everybody's quote tweeting it. It says that it's a shot at Luca. You didn't think it was a shot at Luca? 
I think it was more than anything, just kind of so, – even if it was, I get it. I mean, he's probably salty. <laughs> like, you, you sign with the team in the offseason, you're like, all right, I'm going to be a big contributor on this team that's trying to win, and you're on the Hornets six months later. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just mad be he's a great feeling. Yeah, I mean, they, hey, they're 2-0 in the Great Williams era, so – He's just mad he has to live in a state now where they, they put, like, vinegar in their barbecue. Like, come on. What, um, what are we doing? You know? You never had North Carolina barbecue? I can't quite I, – I, I do have a story about being in North Carolina. Uh, and let's just say it was a botched family <laughs> vacation that we ended very short. That's – we, we, were, we were stuck there like, what do we do here? We had a North Carolina we were by the beach. <laughs> we were driving to my aunt's house in Raleigh, and we were driving in our van from Ohio, and the window shattered. One of our windows just shattered. Like just a rock hit it or, or something. Oh. A rock hit it or something, and, like, it was so cold we were like, we're just going home. <laughs> we, just drove, we just drove back home instead. Not a ringing endorsement for the uh, Carolina <laughs> Tourism Board. Neither, of us, neither of us made it to North Carolina. Neither of our- <laughs> <laughs> South Carolina I've been uh, to. They've got some great beaches there. <laughs> just big South Carolina guys, me and, me yeah. and slightly. North, uh, but uh, the Mavs, do, they, they close out this game, and it's, it's, it's good to see them do that. Um, it was good to see Luca just kind of put them on his shoulders for a little bit and go on a run. He finished with a triple double. What did he have? He had twenty six points. That's gonna really affect his, his point. His like yeah. scoring average: twenty six points, eleven boards, fifteen assists. He had ten in the first half, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a, a, pa- a passing clinic from him. He likes having some of these guys, these finishers, and obviously Gafford. Like he was connecting with him all night. So coming up, let's talk about Gafford. Let's talk about his contribution. We'll talk about some of the other things the Mavericks did in this one to win too. All that and more coming up. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy made easy. Go check out Prize Picks and see what's available for you. They got all kinds of NBA stuff. Now that the NFL is over, what are you going to do? Use Prize Picks. All you have to do is go to prizepicks.com. You can use that code LockedOnNBA. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. And then you just pick more or less on stat projections of two to six players. So you pick a couple of players, and they'll have a stat. It's points, rebounds, assists, points plus rebounds plus assists. Stuff like that. And then you pick more or less on their projections. You're not playing against a bunch of guys in their mom's basement that have all these algorithms that know how to play. You're just playing against the projections. So you try it, you do that, and you can win some money on that. You could turn $10 into $1,000 when you do the Demon Time with the Demons and the Goblins. They've got these this new mode that you can play. It's the newest, most exciting way to play prize picks. Squares marked with Demons and Goblins are the best way to get different payouts so you can win up to 100 times 100 times 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks again go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown nba use that code lockdown nba for first deposit match up to 100 dollars Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. We appreciate each and every one of you. Shout-out to everybody that I saw at the game tonight. Amazing. Uh, father and son from Germany came over. That was great to talk to them. Love to see that. Uh, I met up with Brian, one of my friends from college, and that was great to see him and his family. Just a, just a great – and then I saw Mo, and Mo is on the 10-game ticket package that was cursed. <laughs> Do you remember us talking about this? Yes, yeah, someone the, brought it to my attention during the game. The cursed 10-game ticket package – was this so you can buy season tickets but only in like you can buy them in 10 games so it's like a mini plan this was the plan i'm putting it on the screen <laughs> the first six games were all awful losses the the 30-0 run against the, the thunder where they lost the memphis loss where they had nobody the cleveland loss where they had nobody uh lost to boston they finally get a win the curse is broken shout out to everybody that was on that ticket package i had so many people come up to me and reach out to me and tweet at me that said i'm also on this package and it's the worst because they're random they're not like all in a row they're just yeah. these random 10 games like in the middle of a season and so for them to lose all 
all of them was was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, they, they win this one right before the Suns one. Break the curse going into one of the bigger Break games it. of the season. Break great. it. They broke it. Uh, let's talk about Daniel Gafford. He was great in this one. He had 16 points, 17 boards in this one. The last here's – here's the last, like, five or six players to get a 16.17 rebound game. Luka has done it, like, six times. Porzingis only did it three times his whole time in Dallas. Boban did it twice <laughs> with Dallas. DeAndre Jordan did it twice in 2018. Salah Mejri, do you remember that game? The His crazy 16 and 17 game. Uh, he did it in 2017. And then Tyson Chandler did it twice in 2015 and twice in 2014. Those are the last one. Those are the last ones to do it. What did you see from Daniel Gafford? It's The Mavericks now have two guys that, especially Gafford, because he's a little beefier and plays a little bit more physically than Lively, who will just punish a team that's smaller. Like, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel his size. You're going to feel every inch of him. And whenever he goes up for rebounds, <laughs> that, uh, that, that last part was just egregious. I'm sorry. You, you deserved it. Yeah. You, deserved, you deserved every inch of that. Yeah, that, yeah that, that one was a little crazy. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, he's, you're going to feel. You're going to feel. <laughs> you're going to feel his length. I'm saying what I'm saying. You guys all get what I'm saying. You're going to feel his length and his girth. And I mean it. And I, you guys know what I'm saying. There's no, well, how else am I supposed to word it? <laughs> you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're, doing a, you're doing a great job, Slade. Thank you. He His rebounding is real. Like, he can really grab boards. Like, the Mavericks just needed somebody to just grab extra boards to be physical. They just didn't have enough physical guys. I think him and PJ. Like, PJ brings some physicality, too, yep. with his size. And, like, they just desperately needed somebody like that. Because even Lively, Lively gets pushed around a little bit underneath because he just hasn't filled out like he just turned 20 today and so he still hasn't like filled out completely and when he does fill out completely he's going to be a monster obviously but to have somebody like Gafford to to be that kind of physical and he's 6'10 he's not a full seven foot he's not you know he's not as tall as Lively doesn't have the same wingspan as Lively but that size he just like there are times when it felt like there was not a Mavs center if they were out of position would ever get a rebound, right? For, for like yeah. five years. Porzingis, Christian Wood, uh, Dwight, Maxi, anybody, like even Lively, like just felt like if they were, they were out of position at all or getting boxed out, they wouldn't get a rebound. And Gafford is getting that board. Like he can go up there, he like taps it up to himself a couple times and just, he just has a nose for the ball. And uh, his finishing too. I mean, first couple plays of the game were Luca getting doubled and then him just kicking it to Gafford. And I'm really watching, how is he going to play out of the short roll? How is he going to play after Luca gets doubled and he gets the ball at the free throw line or whatever? A couple of times he goes to the, you know, he posted up Kuzma, one of the first ones. He tries that little floater. I don't know what I think about his, like, touch around the rim necessarily, but he's trying them. He's going for it. Maybe a couple of them should have been passes, but, like, you just need that aggressiveness every once in a while because it, it adds that level of verticality gravity. Yeah, that's going to be a, the swing skill for him, I think. And that's why I think Lively ultimately is yeah. the starter and will play the most minutes out of the group, out of the two, uh, just because that short roll, that feel that Lively has in the short roll is is legitimately special for a center his age. And Gafford, yeah, I mean, this was – whenever I was watching Gafford stuff in Washington, it was a clear and obvious sort of uh, – I wouldn't say weakness, but a shortcoming, where in the short roll you had some passes where you're like, oh, okay, or some non-passes. Yeah that maybe a guy was open in the corner and you don't kick out to. But, uh, I mean, hard, hard to nitpick his game tonight because he was really good. Five blocks, too. 
and two steals. Five five blocks. He, he just did really well, and he, he played against his former team. The, if I'm going to nitpick his, his game, Denny scored on him pretty easily a couple times in the post, like three like three or four times that I counted. And, you know, I was talking to Rafael Barlow from, from Locked On NBA Big Board, and he was like, you know, Denny probably really knows his game. Like, these guys know each other really well. They played together for years, and he probably knows him. But – I'm watching because I do want to see how does he do against guys that are bigger because the Thunder didn't really have the size to go at him. Like they had the you know they had these six five six six kind of wings SGA Jalen Williams you know those kind of guys and so they're trying to attack him. That's different than if you have a six nine a six ten guy. It's almost his same size trying to attack him. And how does he do against that? And against six nine Denny Avdia, he didn't look that great to me. Denny finished a couple times around him. So just something I'm watching and one of the reasons why I think Lively will start ahead of Gafford as well because just the size difference. Yeah, Denny had a great game. So maybe it was that they just knew each other. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it could be. I, I, Gafford's not a 35-minute-a-game player. Like, that's not what the Mavericks traded for. The Mavericks traded for no. 24 minutes. Like, that sounds about right to me. Half. And, yeah, split them half and half. Yeah, and he's just going – when he's on the floor, you feel comfortable you're going to get every rebound that's available, and he's a shot blocker. And, yeah, Denny also – the Mavericks – so – Gafford's a drop big. You don't really feel comfortable with him doing much else in a pick and roll. And yeah. that, that hurt the Mavericks a couple of times when Denny was just shooting off of those in, in, in pick and rolls. And part of it, too, was I'll just say it. I thought Luca Luca defensively in the fourth quarter uh, picked it up and helped, helped oh, the Mavericks great. win. But the first three quarters, he was getting torched. <laughs> like, that's, that's just the truth. And what was that? Did, what was that stat that was going around Twitter where he was what like the tenth best isolation defender in the league? <laughs> yeah, he's like the tenth best isolation defender. Isn't he like a top five post up defender? I mean, the, the defensive <laughs> metrics are crazy. With I, uh, this year. Yeah, you're like, oh, I don't know about that. He's been better for sure, but no, the first three quarters he was not living up to his top ten in the NBA. No, they were the the Wizards honestly did a good job of getting him involved in like almost every action it felt like because they were trying to stick him on Bilal Kulawali in the corner yeah. or Kispert who was just horrible tonight. And they, they got him involved every time. And Diddy, they were just abusing that matchup. But Luca, to his credit, I will give, I, I will say this about Luca. Right, is he, he played better defense in the fourth quarter, and I just like that he he genuinely does care. He talks about it all the time. He brings it up, and all of the post game interviews, he's like, "Yeah, we did great. We did great because we got to stop on defense. We started playing defense. We got stops <laughs> on defense in the fourth quarter. Like he wants to be a great defender, and I give yeah. him props there." But it was bad in the first three quarters. <laughs> hey, and he know like he knows the weaknesses of his game. He knew yeah. the, the the conditioning he needed to get right, and he knew his defense he needed to get right for sure after last season. Going back to Gafford though, Maxi closed the game instead of Gafford. I'm gonna I the Ma- if the Mavs had lost this game, that would be a big talking point today. Why did really? Maxi close instead of Gafford? Well, that defensive unit was just wreaking havoc. I, I thought going small there was really was was the smart and right choice, especially trying to remember who the closing five was for the Wizards did they have Bagley out there I, I don't did, think they did I don't think they I don't think they went with him very often they went small a couple times in this game because they, yeah. they only had they only had Bagley who's 6'10 and Rashawn Holmes who might be 6'9 six, six, yeah uh, who we who we know but right kind of we kind yeah, of Bagley only, Bagley only played five minutes in the fourth quarter yeah so that that group I thought did really good and it's 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 an interesting new thing the Mavs because they, they love small ball we know this yeah, but the small ball that they were running was uh, crime against humanity. <laughs> but now PJ Washington, who is bigger than Grant, and Maxi, yeah. sort of coming into this groove now where he's playing some of the best basketball he's played in years, especially on the defensive end. And now you have this group that you can go to where PJ's at the four, Maxi's at the five, and that makes a lot. And then you have Luca too, who's who's a lengthy player, and Josh Green, who 
is very, very capable. And Kyrie, like, that's actually – that's an interesting small ball group. And I thought it worked really well. So, I, I like them going to it. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with it either. I knew why Jason K wanted to do it. He, they also needed their offense to kind of get a kickstart. And they yeah. went with the spacing of Maxi instead of the lob threat of Daniel Gafford. And I get that, right? Like, you just get more options. Maxi Maxie's been playing better than Gafford. He, Gafford's getting the – like. Gafford's getting the stats the last couple of games, but like Maxi's defense has been legitimately game changing, and his you know he can like he had an amazing and one dunk in this yep. game late too that, that was, was awesome. Gafford couldn't do that, you know like you just go you just walk through some of the plays that happened at the end of the game, and you realize why that happened. Coming up, let's talk about the first three quarters though. Why was it unserious? Why was it so bad? Should we be concerned about it? And then we'll talk about some other good things that happened in this game too. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Everyone has something in their life. I say this every time. I'm honestly very serious about this. Therapy is something that has helped me possibly save my life. It's been something that I've desperately needed. I need to just talk to somebody. I do it online. I've used BetterHelp in the past, and it's an excellent service where you can find somebody that doesn't have a bias about your life. You know, when you talk to your friends or you talk to your parents or you talk to a, a sibling, they're like in your corner, but almost too much where you're like, hey, Call me out on some of my stuff. BetterHelp will help you walk through some of those things while also giving you the the questions and the tools to take what you've learned and use it in the future. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us uh, have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. Uh, The Mavs are not a problem right now. That's good. And so it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com. Dot com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. All right, slightly. A couple more positives from this game. I thought Jaden Hardy was a positive in this game. 10 points off the bench. He had a couple rebounds. And I just thought his playmaking and just his like his ability to move like move the ball and like drive with the ball basically. I thought gave him just a little bit here and there. He obviously hit those two threes that were massive during that run. But Jaden Jaden's like played some confident basketball recently. And he's looked a lot better than he did at the beginning of the season. Yeah, Jaden's actually been playing really good. Just like fitting in with the team, it feels like you know like not playing outside of the flow of the offense, which could be a problem. You know what it's you know what it is is like. Now that the team has a little bit better structure with the with adding these two guys, and then when Lively comes back even more, I can like squint and see this team without Tim, and it and it and Hardy like step can step into that role a little bit better. <laughs> you didn't need to squint tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tim was a, a travesty out there. I mean, God bless him. <laughs> but yeah, you are starting to see that maybe. I agree that maybe you're looking at it like, all right, you know what? This team, as it was constructed a couple months ago needed Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting like they, they did. just had absolutely had to have it and you don't want to react maybe too much to a, a win an ugly win against a terrible Wizards team but man yeah I mean they, they won this game I thought in spite of Tim tonight and it's no secret they went on the run when Tim was out of the game and I don't yeah. know if he was frustrated it, I saw a clip of him going out of the locker room and he looked really frustrated just a rough oh. game for Tim but just a very a very rough game for Tim. Tim, this is the unserious part. Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr. missed five shots in two minutes and forty six seconds. Shocking. That's a, that's insane to me. Like I can't I can't imagine. Like many teams don't take five shots in two minutes and twenty four seconds in a span in a game. And for him to miss that many shots, he started what one like zero for eight, something like that. And it just seems like one of those games where if he's starting that bad, I don't know what you do with him. He ended up hitting a, a one jumper and one like you know one mid range jumper, one three. But he only he played under twenty two minutes, uh, and like 
I think Kidd made the right choice, obviously, and not not closing with him. Yeah, how many and second half minutes? Yeah, that's a good question. Can you pull that up? Because it felt like – I mean, he definitely was not out there for that entire fourth quarter run. Ten. Yeah, he played ten, ten second half minutes. Uh, Josh Green played three, played 13. Maxi played 15. Luca played 17. PJ played 20. And Kyrie played 23 and a half. He almost played the entire second half. Yeah, the only – I was actually thinking about that. The only time Kyrie checked out was in the gar- – I guess garbage time, little last couple of seconds that the game had, which I thought was interesting because uh, I think some of it was because Luca had a, Luca got hit in the face, had to check out of the game. It was was in the locker room for what felt like a long time, but even before Luca went to the locker room, they sat Luca in what was usually Kyrie's time to sit and Luca's yeah. time to just play. And I thought that was a a pretty good choice by a kid because. Kyrie saved the team in the third quarter. The Mavericks and it still lost the third quarter. That's right. But that game, that game was sinking. Like the game was, it was everything was in the balance. It felt like, oh my god, we're actually going to get blown out maybe by the Wizards a couple of days after blowing out the Thunder. But Kyrie saved the team in the third quarter with his offense, and Luke, our kid, just kind of let him ride. And then when Luca checked back in the fourth quarter, more well rested, he was really, really good and helped sort of yeah. tell the team to win. Third quarter for Kyrie, he played uh, eleven and a half minutes, so he he did sit in that third quarter. Okay. Um, for like a little bit, <laughs> but nine points, three rebounds, two assists for him. Uh, he was minus three, but still, like you said, they desperately needed that. Kyrie w- was really good in this game uh, yeah. and, and aggressive. He didn't score as much, but he was still uh, pretty efficient. Ten of 19 from the field, two of seven, four of six from the free throw line. He shot four. He made four free throws and took six. The free throw shooting, free throw. <laughs> free throw shooting in general was terrible for the Mavs tonight. I'm just I glad he believe. took six free throws. He hasn't taken any free throws True. in like the last – couple weeks did you know the Mavericks lead the league in clutch free throw shooting percentage yes it's like almost 90 percent well only Luca and Kyrie shoot them so <laughs> I mean I was shocked I was shocked by that they showed that on the broadcast I was like wait what this like this that's, team that's the one where you're like did the kid in the truck that pulled that up did they just like <laughs> look at the wrong basketball reference <laughs> <Yeah>. page <laughs> like oh this was from 2007 when Dirk was on the team Whoops! Yeah, it was like 2002 from Dirk and Nash, like yeah. two of the best free throw shooters of all time. But it kind of makes because I was thinking. Then I saw the stat. I was thinking. I was like, it does kind of feel like Luca's been really good at clutch free throws this year, <laughs> and Kyrie's pretty, usually nails at the line. So, oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, Ky- Kyrie was really good in this game. They desperately needed his his leadership, and just like his his stabilizing force to just get him a bucket every once in a while. He had a couple of putbacks and rebounds. He just still surprises me. His vertical and his ability to – he had a putback that I swear was an offensive interference. Yeah, it kind of looked like it. It did look like it from my off. seat. From my seat here. Uh, also, the P.J. Washington on the, like, on the rim where the rim was moving and that, that play that got reviewed, I saw everyone on Twitter complaining about it. He grabs the rim when he jumps up there. Yeah, but they that's said a, on the broadcast that the I think the rule states it, there has it has to be a reasonable. It's like a pass interference in football. Like there has to yeah, be a, a reasonable sort of uh, like the the ball has to have a chance going. The ball is going backwards. I thought that was a terrible. <laughs> I that's think right. that's the even did, even the if ball it's did not the have rule, a chance, but PJ did it interfere with the rim. Oh yeah, yeah, he definitely hung on the rim. But even if that's that's one of those plays where even if it's the rule, you're like, okay, come on, that ball's not going in. <laughs> Can we take the last three minutes to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie's comment today? Yeah, sure. Spencer Dinwiddie spoke to Lakers media today. He is introduced to the, by the Lakers. He signed with them in the buyout, and he was asked about he was asked about his decision to come to the Lakers instead of going to the Mavericks. And Spencer Dinwiddie said this: 
I'll tell you this analogy. Let's say you're a kid and you get your ass whooped by the bully. Dallas would have been like your mama. Like, it's okay, baby. The Lakers are like your dad. Nah, you better go out there and fight till you win. How did you take this comment from Spencer Dinwiddie? Because there are many Mavs fans in their feelings about this. Um, look, I don't even know. <laughs> what, what that, I mean, I, right. I guess. I got, two, I got two things then. Okay. It's either about coaching specifically because kid is not one to like get in your face, you know, all that. He's like the, oh, I'm disappointed in you instead of like the scream and yell at your face. Maybe it's about right. that. I don't think that Darvin Ham is necessarily that kind of like rah-rah get in your face coach. Or it's about just the situation in general. Think about Spencer Dinwiddie's situation. He leaves the Mavericks. He gets traded by the Mavericks, goes to the Nets, and he's played terribly for the Nets. He, he's like last in the NBA in field goal percentage. He's played really bad. So he feels like he's gotten beaten up by the bully here. He could either go back to the Mavericks where it's safe. He knows everybody. He knows the system. Like, he knows all the things. The Mavs are in the playoffs. His role probably not going to be as big as the Lakers. And so, like, it'd be more comfortable for him. Or he could go to the Lakers where they're not necessarily in the playoff rate. Like, they're in the play-in and have not played that well this season. And he would play a little bit more. And, like, it would be a new challenge for him. That's totally how Spencer Dinwiddie thinks. I'll take, yeah. the, I'll take the new challenge, something different that I haven't done in my career instead of just going back to the familiar. He's not Seth Curry. He's not signing with the Mavericks three times in a row, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think that's what he was saying. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily a shot. Uh, I, still, I still am frustrated by him, and here's why mainly. I wanted him, no secret about it. I, I would love for him to come back. It I did too. I sense. thought he would have been great. Yeah, I mean, it does make total sense for him to go to the Lakers, though, because he'll have a much more defined role. Darvin Ham's already talking about he's closing – He's going to be in the closing Darvin. lineup with D'Lo and Austin Reeves. All right, best of luck, buddy. As best soon as, as soon as that signing happened, I tweeted, man, you can't play Dinwiddie, D'Lo, and Re- – you can't play two of Dinwiddie, D'Lo, and Reeves together against any good teams because you're just getting destroyed on defense. And Darvin Ham goes, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to play all three of them together. <laughs> I was like, really? You're you going to like, bring attention to that? That's it's like so your, funny, guys. Guys, guess what? I'm going to try this nice, cool lineup. <laughs> if Dinwiddie signs with the Mavericks <laughs> or the Magic or the or even like the Bucks, I mean, this is a this is maybe talked about for 15 seconds. But since it's the Lakers, there's this huge pomp and like, oh my god, like what we were doing, oh, we're rolling out the red carpet. I wish him the best, except eh. And the reason why I'm upset, <laughs> Mavs, it's time to have a backbone, right? How many times are you going to be taken for this ride? By potential free agents, just just go to the agent, free agents, and say, "Hey, are you going to sign here, or are you going to the Lakers?" Because if not, excuse my French, fluff off. All right, okay, we're, we're not you. like we're not doing this song and dance with you. We're not. You're not sitting at the late. You're not sitting behind the bench, and you're going on. We're doing this press run. We're we're tuning into Danny Green's podcast to find out where he goes. No, no, no. <laughs> sign the deal or fluff off. We're not. We're not doing it. We're not doing this run around. Danny Green's podcast. That is, that is a dark moment in Mavs. That was, a, that was dark. Mavs fandom history where we were all listening to the Danny Green podcast to see we if just he would come the to the mirror, Mavericks. Like, what what does this uh, come to? Danny Green? Did not need to know, know his co-host on that. Um, yeah. If, if Dinwiddie had signed – like that quote from Darvin Ham I mentioned earlier, though, is like if Dinwiddie signed with the Mavs and Jason Kidd was like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm going to play Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway, and Jaden Hardy all at the same time. Well, you, knew, you knew he probably would. Yeah, but he wouldn't come out and say it. True. Yeah, he, that that is a funny quote because it was like this. This is some basketball genius you guys have never even seen. Guys, I'm going to try this. Aren't you excited? <laughs> Don't you guys want to see this three-guard lineup? That's 
three terrible like, defenders. Have you ever watched Spencer Dinwiddie play the sport? <laughs> you guys know who you're getting. I guess not. There you go. Let us know in the comment section what's one thing that stood out to you uh, for this game. We'll have Dana Larson, the great Dana Larson, back on the show tomorrow. And then slightly now I'll have you for uh, Victor Wembanyama. hopefully his AAC debut. He was a monster tonight. He had like Hey, I've been trying to more. warn you guys. This is had, getting scary if you're paying attention. Over 10 points, over 10 rebounds, 10 blocks, and like five assists in a game tonight. Just insane. In under so, 30 minutes. It's getting scary what he's doing. So hopefully we'll get to see him. But if not, then slightly and I will still do we'll still do the post game show. It's not dependent on Victor Robinyama. And then I'm going to All Star this weekend. So no show on Thursday night going into Friday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.